Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about Washington Bigfoot reports. That's correct, Washington Bigfoot reports. And of course, we're talking about the state of Washington. Now, I found this cool site, WashingtonBigfoot.com. You can link uh, there at my Ko-Fi site. Of course, you can find that on Spotify. Thanks to all the folks that support the program over there and at Ko-Fi. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow the program as well as it costs no money. But this is a neat neat site and they've got a bunch of stuff listed here they've got some reports uh, right on the front page along with some news the first report says a lady and her child linkedin bigfoot post lands on bfro a bigfoot report that has been on linkedin since march of 2021 has landed in the bigfoot field research database as report number 68969 class a the only new report added to bfro from washington state so far in 2023 the sighting happened in August in mid-1990s near the Tootle River in Callitz County. It says the report is of two Bigfoot, one approximately six feet tall and one three and a half feet tall, on, standing on the edge of a gravel road. They were both very hairy, their straight, coarse brown hair about the collar of elk, and was about 10 inches long. Their bodies were completely covered with hair, except for their faces, hands, and feet. They were extremely fast and wasted no time disappearing into the woods. You can just imagine this person driving along, seeing this looks like a parent and child Bigfoot standing on the edge of the road as they just skedaddle right into the right into the uh, timber there. Pretty cool sighting. Now this next sighting, these are from 2023. I'll do a couple, three of them here. So it says that report number 76065 near Cougar. And if we click on the sighting, uh, it tells us that this happened uh, May 14, 2023 in Washington in Callis County. It says we were camping at Merrill Lake Compound in Washington about 10 miles southwest of Mount St. Helens when we heard one single tree knock. It occurred about 2230, maybe 10:30 at night as we were sitting around the camp for our relaxing. Mount St. Helens, you know, we've heard a lot about Bigfoot there. And after that volcano went off, I got to look into that a little bit further. We were camping on the east side of Merrill Lake, and the knock sounded like it came from the west side of the lake, approximately one half to one mile away. We did not see any lights on the opposite side of the lake where the knock came from, nor did we see anyone on that side of the lake either. The night was clear, no wind, and during and it was during the weekday. The tree knock sounded similar to a baseball bat hitting a tree and did not sound like a tree limb falling. Says there was one of the witnesses. We were sitting around the campfire, and that it occurred at 22:30, clear night with no wind. Temp was around 50 to 60 degrees. Just imagine a beautiful night out there, uh, camping, 50 to 60 degrees, and you hear this strange tree knock from across the lake. It goes on. It says we were camping along the east side of Merrill Lake, surrounding the lake. In is the forest on the western side where the knock occurred. They had previously logged, but were not logging while we were camping. No workers were on that side of the lake while we were there. And then it has a follow-up here by the BFRO investigator, Nicholas Bella says, I spoke to the witness over the phone. He lives in California. 
He and his girlfriend were on a several weeks long vacation throughout the Cascades. On May 14th, they were sitting around the campfire when they heard the sound. The Merrill Lake campground was empty. It was just him, his girlfriend, and another camper in the area who they weren't associated with. Around 10.30 to 11, they had just finished dinner and had heard what sounded like a baseball bat hitting a tree from across the lake. The witness and his girlfriend were not making any noise or playing music. They were just sitting quietly, chatting with each other. He said it sounded like it came from up on one of the hills on the western side of the lake. It was just one wood knock and they didn't hear anything else that night. He said he attempted to replicate the noise on trees around the campground, but couldn't find any that really mimicked the sound. He remarked how they saw no lights or signs of any activity or movement on the west side of the lake. He has never had a similar experience despite frequently going camping and hiking. Now that's definitely a strange thing. I mean, something had to make that noise, right? That tree knock didn't get made by itself. Now this one here is from uh, July 10th, it says 2019, uh, Click Clickacat County, Washington. Uh, it says location details, White Salmon River south of Mount Adams. And then it gives the coordinates and it says uh, nearest town, White Salmon, Washington, nearest road, one, highway, 141, highway 141. Observed on July 10th, 2019, after whitewater rafting on the White Salmon River in Washington State, I observed an extremely tall hominid walk across the river. I would estimate its height in the 7 foot 6 inch plus range, but it was skinny. I was resting and rafting after hiking in approximately one mile down a trail. This is a calmer stretch of the White Salmon River, Watching, and I was watching other kayakers go by occasionally. Here the river is usually no more than two feet deep. After a period with no kayakers, about 30 minutes, I watched what I can only describe as a Sasquatch or Bigfoot walk out of the woods about 80 yards away from the opposite side of the river and cross the river. It was coming slightly in my direction as it crossed. I was startled, actually terrified, and had my camera phone on me, but realized I could not open the camera app likely in time to get a pic or video. So I observed it closely for the dozen or so seconds it took to cross the river. As I said, at least seven and a half foot tall, based on the fact that I could see its head at or above the trees of the riverbank as it went through. The hominid was covered in very black hair with noticeable bare areas across the chest and hip area. Also, less hair under the armpit. The hair on its head was also black and looked very much like shorter dreadlocks. I could see the nose and lips are very human-like, but not the eyes. It crossed the river, not in a great hurry, but just like it wanted to get out of the open. I believe it saw me as, it close, as its closest approach was about 50 yards because it turned its body slightly in my direction and that is when I could see the face, nose, and lips. It crossed the river, went through the trees, and then I could hear it going up a large embankment. I was shocked and had an almost overwhelming sense of fear. It would not talk about it for a while. I talked with an old-timer lady in the area. She was confident I had seen one of their teenagers. They're tall and skinny, just like ours, she said. It's cool how some of these older folks are just so much more accepting of these things than you know, people caught up their daily-to-day -day lives. Got some great topographical maps here. You can really get an idea of what's going on with this thing. We can go on down through this. And then it has a follow-up investigation. The witness has a the witness has college training in biology. He used to work as a biologist at Denali National Park in Alaska. 
He knows what all the common animals of Washington State look like, especially bears. He and his friend J.J. were enjoying a day of kayaking on the White Salmon River between the communities of Trout Lake and the town of White Salmon. The White Salmon River flows south from Mount Adams to the Columbia River. The first part of the day was kayaking with a guide service on the upper portion of the river where the rapids were challenging. He said that after that they were very tired. They drove south to a place where J.J. knew they could park at a trailhead and hike in a mile to the river. The river in this area, within three miles of the town of White Salmon, is much calmer and more relaxing. They were paddling down the river when J.J. had to take a business call. They pulled off to the west side of the river. J.J. went out around some bushes about 25 yards and out of sight to make his call. The witness was just sitting quietly, watching the kayakers and rafters go by. The last kayaker had passed about 30 minutes ago when a Sasquatch waded into the river from the east bank and crossed to the west bank. The witness watched it in shock and disbelief as it crossed. Even though he had his phone with him, it was not turned on. There was no time to do so. He watched intently as it angled across the river, coming closer to him. It started out about 80 yards downstream and was only 40 or 50 yards away when it reached his side of the river. The Bigfoot noticed the witness and turned his head and shoulders to look at him as it hurried into the riverside brush and up the bank and out of sight. The creature had black shiny hair about 2 to 3 inches long. The hair was thin or missing under the arms. The hair on its head looked short like dreadlocks. The witness said when it turned to look at him, he got a good look at his face. There was no sagittal crest. It had heavy protruding brow ridges that shadowed the eyes so he couldn't see them. Its nose was not flat like a primate. It was more like a human nose. It had very broad shoulders and a narrow waist. He said it was skinny as a human teenager might be, estimated to be around 250 pounds. As he passed through the riverside brush, he could see the head above the brush, so he estimated it to be seven and a half feet tall. He felt that based on its stature, that it was a young adult male. The witness said that the shock of seeing a Sasquatch was so upsetting that he was in terror. He realized that if it wanted to harm him, there was nothing he could do to escape. He said that his friend was a skeptic and not responsive to hearing about it, so he didn't tell him until much later. He said that he couldn't talk about it with anybody for six months. It was just too disturbing to him. I found this witness to be a thoughtful and articulate person. He's very experienced with wildlife, so he would unlikely misidentify what he saw. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Here's another one here. It says um, 2023... It happened May 28th, Washington, Mason County. goes on and starts off, it says, On Sunday, May 28th, 2023, at around 7 a.m., myself, my husband, and my brother went for a nature walk near his parents' property. We found an old logging road near the south end of the island in the center. Mankey Lumber pretty much owns much of the entire of the island, so it's all evergreen tree farmland. Half of this 89-acre parcel was clear-cut in about 2015, so it is now growth shrubbery. The other half is old-growth evergreen forest with some wetland mixed in. At the entrance of the logging road is an orange locked gate indicating it is a logging road. The public isn't welcome to drive through it, but it is open to walk through. When we first parked, we noticed at the entrance of the path is multiple gunshot shells scattered around the gravel. In the brush surrounding the gravel road was one discarded woman's Nike shoe a pair of broken glasses, and some empty energy drink cans, 
along with bundles of twigs wrapped together with what appeared to be purple leather, but on closer examination, it was of a very old rubber band. We also noticed many signs, I'm assuming from the locals, that say not to pick up the shrubbery. We left it all alone and started our trek up the gravel road. For the first part of the walk, it is a fairly steep climb up a gravel road, and once you turn the corner and can no longer see the bottom of the road where the car is parked, it starts to even out a bit, but still climb somewhat. On the left is where the trees were cleared, and it's all newer growth, about seven-year-old trees or so, and surrounded by brush. And on the right is tall, old-growth trees in a dense forest. When we reached the top of the peak, there was a small clearing, and you could see these ama this amazing view of the whole forest. On the clear-cut side, it was beautiful in a destruction and rebirth kind of way. We stopped for a few minutes and took in the view. That is when we first heard the owls, which first there was just one coming from maybe a mile or so out in the, in the new growth forest. At first, I thought it was an owl, which was weird because it was a little late or early to hear an owl considering it was well into the morning and the sun was all the way up by this point. We continued on our path. We found more of those bundles of twigs with really old purple rubber bands around them. And as the land fully evened out, there was a sort of marsh on our right side and the trees were broken at really odd seemingly intervals that did not appear natural at all. And the path began to get narrow because the trees began to overhang the whole path as we got further and further away from the new growth forest and started to enter the old growth land were full and were fully surrounded by large evergreen trees and the sun was beginning to be hidden by the cover of the treetops. We found another small clearing on the left side of the road, except this one you had to walk through a narrow trail to get to, and the oddly shaped broken branches were there again, seemingly placed on purpose in various arrangements surrounding this circle opening in the forest. None of us went back on that trail to the clearing. This is when we decided to turn back and started heading back toward the car. Sounds to me like they were getting a little bit freaked out, a little spooked out. Maybe they're maybe their spidey senses were kicking in the whole time we were on the path the owl sounds never stopped they actually got louder and seemingly closer and there were multiple of them then they were coming from both sides of the trail it seemed like they were communicating with each other my husband stopped us every few minutes to listen as we were continuing down the path he noticed that the owl sounds weren't coming from above us as if they were in the trees like an owl would do they were coming from the ground level at one point, we heard what sounded like muffled voices, as if someone were in the trees but had their mouth covered and couldn't speak, followed by a very loud and low-pitched growl that was maybe 20 feet into the old forest near us. A feeling of dread kind of surrounded us at this point, but we didn't feel like anything wanted to hurt us, per se, more like just letting us know we were not welcome there, and they were watching us intently. As soon as we started our descent down the road and could finally see the car parked at the entrance between the locked gate, the owl sounds finally ceased, but the feeling of dread that we were not welcome did not dissipate until we were driving down the road and finally got back to my husband's parents' property a few miles away. Well, also, broken branches that were placed in unnatural configurations and abandoned shoes and glasses, bundles of twigs wrapped in purple rubber bands, the owl sounds were not from owls. They were coming from the ground level and were much deeper than that of an owl. They seemed like they were communicating with each other across the forest. They did not want us there. We heard a muffled voice like someone had their hand over someone's mouth, 
so they couldn't speak. Wow, that is strange. That's like a close encounter. They didn't actually see him, but they definitely heard something. It says, follow-up investigation report by BFR investigator, BFRO investigator Scott Taylor. It says, I called the witness. This is what she related to me. The witness, her husband and her brother, were visiting her parents' home on Harstein Island. They decided to take an early walk in the woods. They drove a short distance to the gated road that led onto some timber company land. Parking at the gate, the three walked up the logging road through a clear cut only a few years old. At the other side of the clear cut was an older cut area where the trees are now 20 to 30 feet tall. As they walked, they heard what sounded like owls. She said that there were one or two on their left side and three to four on the right side. These owls called back and forth to each other and followed along with them, getting closer and closer the further they went the more unwelcome they felt. They turned around and started walking back. When they got to the tree line, they heard a very loud, deep growl from what seemed to be only 20 feet away. She said that she could hear the sounds of sticks breaking as whatever it was followed along with them. They could not see what was following them. She also mentioned finding trees broken off in a way that didn't seem natural. This was especially noticed near the marsh area that runs north and south of the middle of the island. And talking to her, I found that she had another experience at about seven to eight months ago. She was in Silverdale, Washington, near the animal shelter. She said that she saw a bear, quote-unquote, on two feet, cross the road in front of her. Her son also saw, saw it. The creature was walking, hunched over on two legs, and was very fast, almost like a glide. It was dark brown or black in color. The time was around 6 p.m. On 6-11-2023, my wife and I met the witness and her husband at the gate. The time was just afternoon. We hiked the path that they had taken, and I asked her to point out where they were when they heard the owls and where they and where they were when they were growled at. The impression I had from talking to her on the phone about how the events unfolded was different from what I saw at the scene. I may have misunderstood her as I didn't have the exact location on the location correct on the Google Earth when I was talking to her. It turned out that there were two possible gates that both fit the same description in her report. They were only a half a mile apart. We observed that the brush under the trees, mostly sable and blackberry, was dense enough to hide a large animal, especially if it were on all fours. We also noted that the forest starts out as a five to six year old clear cut for a quarter mile, then transitions to the trees that were 20 to 30 feet high for another 300 yards. And then finally, 50 to 60 year old second growth with their head high brush. There is plenty of good cover to hide an entire family of Sasquatches. We explored some side roads looking for any evidence. We did find a tree that had been bent in an upside down U-turn shape and the arch was about 20 feet tall. The tree was estimated to be 12 inches in diameter. It had been there a long time. We passed through this forest to a clear cut on the far side. At this point, we turned around and started back. I do not believe that what they first thought were owls were actually owls. First, it was daylight. The local owls would not likely be vocalizing. Owls will not follow people. However, Sasquatches are well known to mimic owls and other birds and animals and use those vocalizations to communicate with each other. Further, if people were in an area where Sasquatches were living, I would expect that they would follow, flank, and escort people out of the area using all using owl calls and growls, as commonly reported. Harstein Island has long been known for Sasquatch encounters. There is certainly adequate forest cover. 
as well as access to shellfish, small animals, mushrooms, and berries. The location is only about a mile from the home where Julie Scott visits the forest people and her family lived. That is a strange encounter. Now, they didn't actually see him, but it's almost as if they could certainly feel them there. Now, I'm going to do one last one here. This is from August 5th, 2022, uh, Washington State County, Shakamedia County. Location, this is Forlorn's Lake Campsite Number 1. Sleeping in my tent and woke up abruptly for seemingly no reason. Woke up to an unexplained adrenaline rush. Laying there, I began to hear sounds coming from probably no more than 50 to 100 feet behind her tent. Five or so sounds, like grunting whoops, although I'm not sure how to exactly describe the noise. It was like nothing I have ever heard before. This was not a human or a regular animal noise. They were not screams. They were loud, but somewhat low pitch, if that makes sense. There seemed to be two of these beings making these sounds at each other, not just one. After the grunting whoops came several loud wood knocks. It was either wood on wood or a very heavy fist on wood. It sounded like one of the beings knocked a few times, and another one responded with more knocks from down the way. I knew what I was hearing was unexplainable, and I was terrified. I laid awake for about an hour of silence and was able to fall back asleep. Wow. Because everybody else slept through it. Yeah, maybe these are like UFOs. Not everybody sees them when they show up. It's got a great map here. It shows you where they're at. It's kind of a really remote area. goes on down here with the uh, follow-up, and it says, the investigator says, I spoke with witness Brooke Laughlin by phone. She is a stay-at-home mom with five children. Her husband drives a fuel delivery truck in Washington. The family has camped at Florin Lakes three times previously. Nothing strange happened on those previous trips. The father says his own family, along with him, had a possible incident there when he was a child. They heard something large walk through their camp in the early a.m., which they thought was not a regular animal. The combination of big grunting whoops and loud wood knocks in the early a.m. makes this an opportune place to get sound recordings. It may not, it may not be difficult to do, no hiking involved. The campsite itself is a good bet for recordings or an encounter. If you can be a night owl for a night or two during remaining warm months of 2022, stay up as late as possible into the a.m., set quietly in a camp chair in the shadows of trees at a distance from the campfire, meld into the darkness with a good recorder rolling on a stump nearby. Be able to note down the time when you hear interesting sounds so it will be easier to find them in the audio recorder later. Be patient because things may not start happening until 2.30 a.m. or so. Well, wow, it's pretty well. And yeah, I guess there you go. There's your tip if you're looking to hunt these back these uh, these Sasquatch. And it's got a pretty good a pretty good bit of detail about the area. It's got some pictures here uh, of of the of the area where this where these things were sighted at or or observed or heard at. Wow, what a great site and what a great link to BFRO if you're if you're into Bigfoot or you like to follow them. Uh, I just think it's a fascinating topic, and I just love reading these uh, firsthand reports of people either seeing them or hearing them or having encounters with them. This is the kind of thing that really helps. And even though you know we mostly focus on UFOs here, you never know what kind of breakthrough is going to come through from these people with the observations they make or what evidence they can pick up from these uh, Bigfoot encounters, because I think it's all connected. Until next time, UFO warning, over and out.